If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, let the game begin. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, your home for all things baby. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm your zaddy. Wow. And you're my little sugar baby, Noel. Oh, wow. I had a... a, a, a <laughs> I know I'm cutting into the early part of this, but it just made me think of... This guy I worked for for years, uh, he was a doctor and, uh, you know, he did all right for himself, but he worked on a lot of dancers and, um, <laughs> he, uh, had this one dancer who was retiring. Mm -hmm. She was, uh, 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 I'll say she was a ballet dancer, pretty well known at one point. And she was sort of retiring slash getting pushed out by the company. Uh, and uh, she approached him and suddenly, like out of the blue, asked him out on a date. And he was like, oh, OK, sure. That sounds nice. And um, why not? And so they go out on a date and, you know, basically in the course of the date, what she sort of explains her situation that she's looking for a sugar daddy, you know, and like, you know, and she what laid she it out like that. What? She just laid it right out. More or less. Yeah, she was pretty she was pretty straightforward about it. And he looked at her and he said, well, you know, I don't know what your expectations are, but I'm more of a sweet and low daddy. <laughs> He's like, I don't have the money to be a real full on sugar daddy. But, you know, if you're looking for a sweet and low daddy, I guess I could be that for you. And, you know, they left his friends. Let's put it that way. Oh, anyway, Noel, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin and I, Noel Deneen. Come together once a week over a single topic, and from said topic, we come up with a few ideas on how to get rich, but quickly. We don't fuck around with this. We don't mess around. We want you guys to get rich quick, especially in this day and age. Yeah, who who's knows got time? how much time you have left? Yeah. You could, you know, you could be dead quick just as easily as you can be rich quick. Well, and, and the thing is right now, what you got to do, you got to get in, you got out, right? You stick yeah. around, you get the viral load. Yeah, you should have listened to your own advice with that, and you wouldn't be a, uh, uh, an impending father right now. No, that's the point. <laughs> oh, was that the point? Yeah. Okay. You left your viral load. <laughs> <laughs> now you're having a corona baby. Yeah. Why don't you call your kid COVID? Oh, uh, that would be so sweet. Yeah. If it's a boy, why not COVID? I think that's not a bad name. Really? As a name, like if you take away what what we know about it, but actually if you just think about it as a name, I think that's, you know, certainly when you look at the sort of world of made up names uh -huh. or or names that come from things like, is it worse than Apple or is it worse than whatever the fuck yeah. Elon Musk is calling his kid these days? I like more old fashioned names. So I was thinking of maybe naming them bubonic. Oh, okay. That's a good one. <laughs> just call it. How about Bubo? Yeah. Just name him after instead of the plague. Just name him after the postulating sores oh. that come from the bubonic plague. Yeah. 
Call him Bubo. Yeah, that I, I think that sounds like a pretty good name as well. I don't think that's a terrible name. People go, Bubo, what the fuck is that? And you get, oh, he, he, his mother's Italian. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we come up with these ideas. We put them out over the airwaves for free, guys. Mm-hmm. You take them, you action them, you get incredibly rich incredibly quickly. And then later on down the line, when you are, when you've surpassed Jeff Bezos, You've quickly climbed up the ladder to be the first trillionaire in the country. But also, if you become a billionaire or even a multimillionaire or even a millionaire, for that matter, you look back and go, God bless those guys who gave me this idea that I got so rich from. I need to do something for them. And what should they do, Noel? After you're so rich, after your millions and billions of dollars are sitting in the bank and you're thinking, hey, who is it that I haven't thanked? Was it my rock star accountant? Oh, no, that's right. I pay him a lot of money. Was it uh, my marketing personnel? No, that's right. I pay them, too. Who was it? Oh, that's right. It was Josh and Noel, the guys who gave me the idea from whence I got rich for free. I need to give them something. And you know what you need to give us? You need to give us 10% of everything you made while you're getting rich. You need to tithe us. Not your poor money, just your rich money. 10%. That's it, guys. That's a tie. That's a tip. However you want to look at it, depending on how you uh, deal with faith. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, But there it is. We put it out there. We're not holding back. Like I said, free. Until later. Think of it as... Think of it as a loan that you don't have to pay back until you're, you're so rich it doesn't matter. Hasta mañana. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, guys. Anyway, Noel, yeah. it's been a whole week of isolation. It has been. You are going to be a father really soon. Within days, yeah. less than a week. Yes. That's really amazing. It's crazy, right? Very happy for you. Yeah. And you are stressed beyond belief. Uh, I think I've gotten a little... I, I am stressed. But I, <laughs> I can tell you're stressed. I, I'm not as much as I was. Maybe. I don't know. I just see you nowadays, you know, for an hour a day, a uh-huh. week. And, uh, you know, the difference between a month ago and now. Okay. Is uh, compelling. I'm, I'm just, I'm more fun now. It's good theater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I get that. I get it. Uh, yeah, I I feel like I'm dealing with it better though. There was a period where I was getting like really stressed and really like right. anxious about, you know, we ordered furniture a month and a half ago that hasn't arrived and I was getting furious about it and things like that and just really stressed that we're trapped here and I feel like I'm not doing anything. Now I'm stressed, but I'm resigned to my stress now. You've sort of thrown your hands up. You've gotten to that point. We're, we're, it is what it is. Yeah. All the important pieces are in place. When 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 we got, you know, what do they call it? It's not, I mean, it's not called quarantine. It's called uh, uh, something at home. Uh, shelter at home. Sheltering at home. When that happened, man, I resigned myself to that immediately. I was like, <laughs> let's go with it. Let's just do this. Um. I have been out oh. for the past three days really? doing of all fucking things, mm-hmm. 
helping my mother buy a car. Oh, what? My 81-year-old mother decided in the middle of a pandemic where she would be considered uh, super high risk to yes. die yes. that she needs a car. Okay. I, I kind of get that. Where the fuck is she going to go? I don't know, but anywhere she needs to go, she can go in, and a car is just your own personal space that's mobile, right? So it's like a room of your house that no one else gets in and touches. I I think you're right. I agree with that, but I don't think that's her motivation for it. I think So I don't know what happened, but she saw an ad for a car for sale on Hertz, Mm -hmm. and a car that she had thought about buying uh, uh, several months ago. Uh, but just wasn't really ready to buy a car at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like f- f- a year old, okay, 31,000 miles. It was $5,000 uh, 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 below Blue Book value. Okay. And it was like, wow, that's a really good price. The problem with it, it was, <clears throat> it was located out in Smithtown, Long Island. Okay. Which, with no traffic is an hour and 15 minute drive. And I was like, why don't you find a Hyundai dealership and check this car out there and see if you even like it Yeah. before you go and rent this car to buy, right? Rent it for three days. Because if you hate it, then you have to drive back out to Smithtown and drop it off and, you know, get back to New York. So you're going to have to go out to Smithtown twice in three days. No, 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 no. So I have to rent a car. Okay. I have to disinfect the whole interior because it's a zip car and no one does that shit. Right? I have to drive her out to Smithtown, sit in this this Hertz salesman place, wait for her to finish, then get her back to the city following me. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, or actually that night, she calls me up and says, I've been driving the car around all day. And I said, uh-huh, I don't like it. It's too big. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you want to do? I want to see the smaller version of this car. And I'm like, well, I don't know where there's a, a Hyundai dealership to, to, to do so. We look it up. There's one in Jersey City. Well, I want to go. I need to go to Home Depot to buy flowers. And I want to go to BJ's to pick up some paper towels and toilet paper. Okay. And we should go to the Hyundai dealership. We go to the Hyundai dealership just to look at the car. Mm-hmm. She ends up buying a car. Okay. Five hours in the Hyundai dealership to buy this car. Wow. It was a fucking nightmare. The worst salespeople I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> if she wasn't ready to buy a car, honestly, she would have just gotten up and walked out in the middle of the deal that yeah. was that bad. You'd think they'd be just like, let's do this, make it happen. We haven't sold a so single hard. thing. Well, because she didn't, she honestly didn't initially with, go with the intent of buying a car. Like she really did just want to see it. But I think subconsciously she just really wanted to get the car. Yeah. So the second she saw it, she was like, oh, okay, I want this car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she was like, oh, uh, it, it ticks all my boxes. So it's, it's, it's perfect for me. But she didn't bring anything she needed to to buy a car. Okay. She didn't bring her checkbook. She didn't bring, uh, uh, you know, she didn't bring cash. She didn't bring. So it all had to be done with credit cards and debit cards and calling banks and getting pre-approvals. It was completely nuts and took forever. Yeah. And the other thing I was amazed about was that 
they uh, were packed. Really? They were really busy. I was actually surprised when you said they were open. They were open, truncated hours. You know, it was like nine to four instead of, you know, eight to six or something Uh like that. But they were open. They were busy. There were, besides people sort of milling about, looking at stuff, there were at least five other people buying cars. I mean, I don't know what the average amount of people buying cars is in a day at a car dealership. That's Uh not my, my jam. But to me, that seemed like a lot. Um, in Communipaw, New Jersey. Um, but yeah, so then we did that. Then we went food shopping. Then we went fucking plant shopping. And then today we drove back out to Smithtown to return the other car. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I am fucking wiped out. This is the busiest I've been in two months. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what to like. I literally am like ready to just pass out right now. I, I got out of the apartment today. I Congratulations. had to go. Yeah, I know it's it's rare. Uh, I had to I go uh, to the drugstore and pick up a prescription uh, for Nan, the last of her nausea medication. She's been uh-huh. she's still on nausea medication, uh, so I had to get that. And then we're also out of fruit, so I went to uh, there's a little store around the corner that sells a lot of fruit, and I went there and I bought a whole bunch of fruit. And um, some cereal for Nan. Um, and some. Did you lollygag a bit? Did you get a? Uh... No, I didn't, because it was kind of uh, in the middle of the day, and I had to get back to work. It was beautiful out, though. Um, I was impressed with this. Uh, so the the store I went to for the fruit was right by the park, Washington Square Park, mm-hmm. and so there were quite a few people walking around. I only saw two people. Oh, three people, including the homeless person. But really, if you don't include the homeless person, uh, two people without masks. That is impressive because by us, it seems like every other person is not wearing a mask. Really? Yeah, it's 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 a real like I, I. My whole attitude towards those guys is what makes you really any different than those assholes who are protesting right yeah. now? You know what I mean? What just because you're you're you know young and beautiful and live in New York, I mean you're being just as irresponsible and inconsiderate and selfish as those guys are. Uh huh. It's really I, I mean like like all no joking all seriousness. It's like what makes you any different than those people other than you're not carrying a gun with you? Yeah. You know it it's uh, uh and and they don't seem to care. I like a lot of people. I don't know if you see this. I know you're not out often, but a lot of people wear it like it's a. Uh, it's a, 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 a bracelet and they just have it on their wrist, <laughs> you know, hanging off the, uh, the little <laughs> elastic part that goes around the ear. And like, that's good enough. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, well, in case the cops stop me, if I see a cop, I can put it on. Well, I you know, know, technically you don't need them unless you're within six feet of people. Or on right, public no, but that's fine. And if people were doing the thing, I mean, which is literally impossible to do in New York City, it, right? It's pretty hard. I mean, right. if, if the streets are empty and you're, there are nobody on your side, but if someone is on your side of the street and you're going to pass each other, yeah, then you need to put your mask up. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Like, I'm with you. I get it. And I've done it because wearing a mask for an extended period of time is really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just really uncomfortable, especially if you wear glasses and, you know, you have facial hair or whatever it is. You, everything gets wet and foggy. And but, you know, you take it down, you keep it like below your nose. And if you see someone coming at you well before you're six feet away, put it over your face. Yeah. 
I mean, it's super simple. No one's doing that. Yeah. Especially yeah. joggers, bicyclists. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is in this neighborhood, but there is, you know, it's that weird sense of entitlement that people have, particularly young people. Yeah. Um, so I was just telling Josh this right before we uh, uh, turned the mics on. But uh, so I'm having a baby in three days and um, if not sooner, but definitely if not by three days, we're going in uh, to get induced and my partner is going to get a uh, coronavirus test. I won't, though. They're just going to check my temperature twice a day. So uh, if an inducement can take up to 36 hours and I have to have a mask on the entire time. That's I just I I don't know how you're going to do it. I mean, I think I'm going to shut the, the door to the room and take the mask off is what I'm going to do. Right. Uh, that's bananas. I mean, that being said, they're wearing them for 12 hours straight. That's true. They are. Yeah. You no. Know. Maybe they're going to give me some uh, deluxe hospital mask. Those deluxe hospital masks are uh -huh. brutal. They're much tighter, and they can like if you when you wear them for extended hours, they bruise your face. Maybe I'll get one of the the loose hospital masks, the one that are just <laughs> okay. like a piece of paper. <laughs> Maybe you should just walk in with like a balaclava and see if that works for you. Maybe. You know anything yeah. you can do to make it a little easier on yourself? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Noel, uh -huh. those stories while scintillating had nothing to do with today's topic. Nothing at all. Uh, so why don't you tell the people what today's topic is? Today's topic is murder hornets. How to, I don't know, attack a beehive all the way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not stressed at all. Not stressed at all. You're. <laughs> uh, that was the best one yet. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Noel, mm -hmm. murder hornets. Yes. What bullet points are you going to throw at us today? Okay, you guys, murder hornets. I'm sure you have heard of them because all we can do right now is check news and Twitter, and it has been ablaze with news about murder hornets, right? They're giant hornets, invasive, invasive species from, uh, I think, from China, right? Uh, Japan, actually, from Japan, there, there are, there are. I mean, they're all over Asia, mm -hmm. um, but I think Japan is sort of of the uh, the origin of them. Yeah. So, but I'm sure, like everyone else, so these are, these are giant hornets up to two inches long. Uh, they theoretically can kill a human, but not really human killers. They're more uh, bee killers, right? They will storm a beehive and kill the bees and i don't know just just to be jerks i guess um did a lot of research <laughs> oh dude i'm gonna tell you something i get a baby coming in three days i am flying off of my head that's it uh, okay go for it there, continue there, on there's no research this is just uh what am i gonna do continue on uh, so these guys they attack these these you know Bees' nests, hives, hives. <laughs> they 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 kill the bees, which is a problem for us, right? Bees uh, not only provide us with honey, a delicious, delicious source of deliciousness, they also pollinate all of our 
flowers, our food, right? We need our bees. And I'm sure like everyone out there, when you saw all the headlines with murder hornets uh, moving in, I'm sure your first reaction was like, what the fuck? What, <laughs> like what else, right? These monsters are attacking us now amid coronavirus, amid everything else in the world. Uh, it's a monster, which mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So my head first went to Godzilla, right? Um, and in particular, it didn't just go to Godzilla, any Godzilla. It went to Godzilla All Out Monster Attack, uh, which was the 25th Godzilla movie, of uh, 25th Japanese Godzilla movie by Toho Studios. Um, and um, it, it, it's basically the one that the, the latest American Godzilla was based after, right? It's all-out monster attack. It's all the monsters fighting each other, and I was like, ugh. And I was trying to think about something like that, and then I realized that's not good. Uh, and I started reading up about murder hornets, and so they're not the only invasive species we got, right? Uh, we've got zebra mussels. We have the uh, Asian carp, which are great. Are those the snake fish? Are those those ones? They're the ones that that they like smack the water. There's all those videos on. If you have never seen an Asian carp, guys, I uh, do yourself a favor. Go onto YouTube and look up Asian carp and there are so many videos of people in boats that uh, just smack the water and suddenly there are thousands of these fish flying through the air smacking people in the head uh, they they leap out of the water and by the thousands and it's uh, it's painful. but are they the ones that when they take I guess it must be because they they just take over an entire yes. river yeah you know what I mean? They just kill everything in their path, eat everything in the path, and all that's left are the Asian carp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I saw that, and I was like, hey, you know what? You know how the old commercial goes, nothing gets out protein like protein? The reason invasive species are so bad is because they have no natural predator. Right. And look what happened in Hawaii. Right. They had um, a rat problem. So they brought in mongooses and now they have a rat and a mongoose problem. Right. You can't do that. But what about if you already have the predator here? What about if there's two invasive species that are natural predators of each other? Right. Yeah. So, you know, back to all out monster attack. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going to make your own Godzilla all out monster attack. And you're going to take some of these murder hornets and you're going to take them to rivers that have the, uh, Asian carp invasion. And you're going to get these little carp to develop a taste for Asian hornets for murder hornets, Right. Because uh, they jump out of the air and grab bugs and stuff like that, right? So you're going to get them to like it. And they they will like it because they are tons of them and they are hungry. 
and these <laughs> murder hornets are big. Uh, so once you get a taste of these, you're going to introduce murder hornet. I mean, the, you're going to introduce the Asian carp in the areas where the murder hornets are. And that's it. You're going to let there be a Godzilla all-out monster attack war invasive species on invasive species. Uh, one will win, one will lose. Uh, either way, we end up with only one invasive species. Uh, I'm betting the Asian carp wins. Um, and then we'll know that that is our protector. I didn't know about that because I'll say this about, you know, those hornets are pretty fucking toxic. Their sting is pretty fucking toxic. I Uh imagine if one or two of them sting a carp, that carp is, is a goner. Yeah. But these carps look up the, look them up. No, I gotcha. I hear you. I'm with you. I'm just saying that, you know, I, I, you know, it's going to be a tougher battle than you think. Uh huh. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you know what? A murder hornet can maybe beat one Asian carp, but they can't beat all the Asian carps. Right. I gotcha. Uh, And that's what you're going to do. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to get paid a lot of money because people do not want these murder hornets around. They They do not want these Asian carps around either. Nope. And you will make sure that at least one of those sides is happy. You know, and you will, you will, whichever side ends up winning, Mm -hmm. there will be major losses to the other side. Sure. Yeah. Or, as we learned in the Twilight films mm-hmm. and books, like vampires and werewolves, it could be a battle that goes on for generations. All right. Anyway, Noel, that's a solid idea. Mm-hmm. Not the gold that we were talking about earlier. Gold, guys. But, you know, I'll let the rain, I'll let it, I'll get it to rain down on us. I'm going to pick up the slack for you. Okay. You know, you usually are the guy towing the line, rowing the hoe, mm-hmm. doing the lion's share of the work, but you're unwell right now. I am unwell. You're pregnant. <laughs> maybe, maybe that should be the baby's name. What? Because your, your partner is a Latina, uh-huh. Latin X. Maybe your baby's name should be unwell. <laughs> Unwell Deneen. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you were talking about uh, these filthy, horrible uh, uh, hornets and how they and why they kill bees. Well, this is what they do. Uh, they eat the bees. The thing about the, the murder hornets, they're called murder hornets more for how they destroy and ravage bee populations. Okay than for anything they do to humans, even though they do kill several humans a year. Um, the way it works is one single scout uh, gets near a, a honeybee hive, uh, spreads some pheromones on there, then its nestmates shoot in, you know, come back that way, shoot in, and devastate the colony. Um, a single hornet can kill as many as 40 bees per minute with its mandibles. What they do is they decapitate the bee, then they rip the bodies open, and they pull out any larvae and pupae inside as well as any larvae and pupae that are gestating in, you know, the the honeycombs, in the hives. Mm -hmm. They then eat that and feed it to their people. They then come, and they're not even interested in the honey. That's sort of the... uh, the uh, 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 
trick of it all. It's not like Pooh, Winnie the Pooh coming to take the honey. Mm -hmm. It's like Sally the Hornet coming to take the bee and its guts. Um, The thing is, there's nothing that the Western honeybee can do to kill these things. Um, The Western honeybee stings are ineffective on these hornets because the hornets are five times their size and they're heavily armored. Um, Under 50, I was reading this, this is crazy. Under 50 hornets can exterminate a colony of tens of thousands of bees in a few hours. Um, But the Japanese honeybees and many other Asian honeybees do a thing where they can actually have figured out how to kill the hornets, Mm -hmm. right? So quite often you'll only have one or two hornets go into a hive to wreak the havoc. What the honeybees do is they allow the hornet into the nest, then they encircle the hornet with a mass of tightly packed bees, and they vibrate and flap their wings and vibrate and create a ball of heat that becomes fatal to the hornet. Because the hornet, the one weakness the hornet has to the bees is it can't stand as high temperatures as bees can stand. Okay. And in fact, the temperatures they can stand are relatively low. So the bees start wiggling away and creating all this friction and heat, and the hornet dies from basically cooking up. The, the way it was described by one beekeeper was the bees ball them, cook them, raise the body temperature just enough to kill and cook the hornets. Okay. Um, and I was like, that's amazing. But how do we get Western honeybees to do this? And I was like, can you train bees? And apparently you can. It's kind of incredible. Uh, there's a particular type of bee, bee called the uh, hymenopterans, which have an incredible sense of smell. And they use them to detect explosives, uh, such like like they've successfully detected TNT, Semtex, C4, gunpowder, pro- gun propellants for uh, 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 explosives. Uh, they can test tech. They can detect early signs of fungal disease on crops. Uh, they can identify people with cancer just by being exposed to their breath. Uh, They have been shown to detect and respond to more than 60 different odors, including meth, uranium, tuberculosis. Uh, They've detected other like multiple different kinds of cancers, lung, skin, uh, diabetes, and they can confirm a pregnancy. That's amazing. They've been trained to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But what about something? more sort of tactile that's you know not necessarily like a call and response smelling thing well scientists in london have taught a group of honeybees to pull on strings in exchange for a reward but the really interesting thing about this they didn't need to train all of the bees individually what they realized was what they did was they had 40 bees they trained 23 of them and the other 17 uh, learned how to do what they were supposed to do by watching the trained bees. So essentially, uh, uh, the bees learned from other bees. And that makes life super duper easy. So this is what you're going to do. 
you are going to bring over a bunch of honeybees from Japan and China. You are going to add them to colonies around the country. And these bees are going to be like the drill sergeants that train the Western honeybee to ball them and cook them, as the guy said, mm-hmm. uh, and how to kill the hornets. You're going to charge an enormous amount of money for this because we are not going to have any food if there are no honeybees left in this country. Yeah. It's just not possible to pollinate everything that needs to be pollinated uh, without bees doing the work. Can you imagine how much an ear of corn would cost if everything had to be hand pollinated by human beings? A lot. Yeah. I mean, there would definitely be no unemployment in this country. I can tell you that. But it would cost one ear of corn would probably cost like $75. Yeah. So anyway, that's how it's going to happen, guys. You are going to become, you're going to train armies and armies of honeybees to kill the hornets themselves. Yeah, that's good. You did pick up the slack this uh, week, Josh. I did. Very. Do you must have known? You must have had a sense. Uh, you know, I've I've been. I don't know if you know this, but I've been here for the past few shows. <laughs> wow. Wow, you guys, if you think that was a great slam Josh just gave me and thought, I got to figure out a way to thank him for that, you can. You can thank him in the way that we value most, which is money. You can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Knowles show page, hit the sponsor button. Half that money would go to Josh and I, half goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, If you're like, no, no more, you're picking on Noel too much, I'm not going to give you money. Do it in the way that hurts Josh most. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and right there from that front page, just uh, hit the pledge button there and all the money you pledge there would go to Radio Free Brooklyn. Not a nickel goes to Josh or I. You've told him to be nice, right? Um, You also get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 charitable organization and you get to feel good about yourself because you are helping support the arts. Um, You know, uh, a couple days ago was Radio Free Brooklyn's fifth birthday. Birthday, birthday. Congratulations. Yeah. Is Drive to Five over or are we continuing? Drive to Five is over and we're continuing. Uh, not really the Drive for Five, but, you know, so when we laid out this whole fundraising campaign, we figured out our finances, figured out what we needed in order to take us over the top into being uh, self-sustaining. And uh, we're trying to raise that money. Uh, COVID hit and derailed everything, took away our our money that we make from podcasts. Um, and it also uh, basically dried up the campaign. So we really only got half of what we meant to get. Uh, so we still do need your money. You guys, go to the site, donate some money. If you, if you like the station, if you like us, um, donate. If you if you just like the idea of us, go and donate some money. Um, if you want to get involved in other ways, you can. You can subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, you can download the app, Android or iOS, listen to the station on the go, get all the archives. Um, one thing we're pushing right now is while you're stuck at home and you're doing all your shopping through Amazon, 
Use the Amazon Smile link for Radio Free Brooklyn, and that tiny little piece goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. You don't pay a penny extra, and it helps us out. If, if enough people do it, it helps out. Um, you guys, thanks for letting us pitch all that stuff. As thanks, Josh finds another way to make you rich. We have a topic. This week it's murder hornets. Not enough. Josh is like, no, I want to find another topic. I want to get more rich. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. I just want to tell you, Noel, that I did this for you. You've heard this before. Okay. You know what this is. The people have heard about this before, but I could not not choose it. So here we go. Okay. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week. Brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Our next hero is Fraser Doherty, or Jam Boy as he is known. He started making sugar-free jam based on his grandmother's recipe and began selling them on a tiny scale to his neighbors and local shops. But his ambitions didn't stop there. He wanted to grow and sell his jam all across the country. So he convinced his dad to take him to Waitrose and pitched his idea to them. At first, they refused since labeling and pricings were wrong. However, he did not give up. After multiple attempts, he eventually got it right and they agreed to put it on their shelves all over the UK. The jump went to become so popular that it stuck in big chains such as Tesco, Sainsbury, Morrison, and his business was turning over a million pounds a year, making him eventually a teen millionaire. There you go. Wasn't that the basis for Heavy Metal Jam? Heavy Metal Jam, exactly. Identity Jam, we should have called it. Identity Jam. There we go. Uh, You guys. Murder Hornets. How are we going to get rich with them? Well, I'm going to tell you. You know, I've got a lot going on right now. In uh, a few days, I'm going to be a dad. Uh, okay, just, you know. I know. I'm getting to it. Beat it to death. Beat that horse to death. <laughs> guys, I don't know if you know this. In a few days, I'm going to be a dad. We had a uh, false alarm this week where I oh. thought I was going to be a dad that day. Wow. Uh, and then found out, no, uh, not. Um, I'm trying to finish up work because I know that uh, I've got to take two weeks off. Um, a lot going on, making it hard sometimes to do research on murder hornets. But one thing I did read about murder hornets, and I don't know if you know this, Josh, because I was very surprised when I found this. Uh huh. So, uh, murder hornets really hit the scene. In the news, how long ago? A month ago, maybe? A few yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's not like the killer bees, which they were tracking, it seemed like, for years. Yeah. Remember the African killer bees? Yeah. I mean, during our childhood, we heard about those things like every six months, there was something about the African killer bees making their way. It took years and years, and by the time they got here, they were pointless. They were useless. Yeah. They didn't do anything because they had they'd hybridized so far. Yeah. But anyway, go on. So, uh... With, with, with the murder hornets, you know, they, they hit the news a few weeks ago, uh, and they hit the news hard. They were everywhere. Everyone was tweeting about them, writing about them. 
Uh, so I was very surprised when I found out that the number of murder hornets uh, found in the country this year is zero. Uh, murder hornets, they found last year um, one nest in uh, Vancouver Island, Canada, and they found several individual murder hornets last year in uh, the Northeast America. Never found a nest. Northwest. Pacific North, Northwest, Northwest, yeah. Um, and uh, there's been zero murder hornet sightings in America this year. So once I saw that, I was like, huh, I guess I really don't have to worry about murder hornets and I went back to worrying about everything else in my life. <laughs> and it, but the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? The real danger, it seems, of murder hornets isn't the murder hornet. It's the idea of the murder hornet, the thinking about the murder hornet, the fear of the murder hornet, right? That is how you're going to get rich, is by curing that. Because we don't frickin' have murder hornets. Right? We just have a plague of people thinking about murder hornets. So I thought, what's the best way to do this? What's the best way to go about it? And then I went back to my stuff, right? I'm still trying to track down this furniture we're supposed to get, haven't gotten, where... Uh, we did a whole bunch of last minute um, getting stuff that we, we got a, a for the car seat that we had to get. Uh, we got a cover that'll go over it so we can carry the baby out of the hospital with the car seat covered, right? So they don't get COVID. Like a mask. Basically, like a mask. Um, so they don't get Kawasaki's disease. So they don't get Kawasaki. Yes. Oh, fuck. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we we got together stuff for them to eat. We cleaned their clothes. And I realized, you know what the cure for worrying about murder hornets is? Being pregnant. Having oh, a baby. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right? So this is what you're going to do, guys. You're going to be... A uh, murder hornet psychologist, therapist, right? And people are going to come to you that are petrified of murder hornets. And they are out there. There are people out there that are reading this and not reading that we don't really have them and are petrified. And you are going to give them the guaranteed cure for their fear. You're going to impregnate them or someone in their household. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, once you do that, they're not going to give a shit about murder hornets anymore. Uh, right. Hopefully they won't have to do a show on them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you're going to do. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to, you know, get to have a lot of sex probably. And uh, you're going to help the world. You're going to help them. And uh, you're going to get rich doing it. Yeah, that's great. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. So, you know, on, you know, I, I had looked up, you know, a bunch more information about it, about these murder hornets and, yeah. you know, what they do. And, you know, one of the things I was reading is that these hornets can fly 
as fast as 25 miles per hour. Okay. And up to 60 miles in a single day. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. You know, a big two-inch-long monster insect Mm -hmm. that can get really far really quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was reading, I was like, you know, well, we know about the bee stuff, what it does to bees, um, but what does it do to humans? And I was reading that, number one, there's no beekeeping suit out there that can protect against the hornet stingers. Um, it's The stingers are packed with neurotoxins. So even if you're not allergic to the hornet, multiple stings could potentially kill someone. Uh, they have killed up to 50 people a year in Japan. Um, in China, if you get, get 10 stings at one time, you man, it's mandatory you have to go to the hospital. There's a guy, Coyote something. He's got a, a show on uh, on. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel where he does things like get stung by the most vicious thing, eats the hottest pepper, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, just to show what you would go through. He stung himself with one murder hornet. Okay. Within ten seconds, his forearm swelled up the size to the size of an ostrich's egg. It was enormous. He couldn't stop screaming in pain. He said it was the most painful thing he had ever felt. That's how bad these things are. But they're not really. They're not scared of humans, per se. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't really think about us unless we do something to piss them off. All right. Well, we as humans have to, without a doubt, protect our bees. And like you said, there aren't, despite all the press they've gotten, there's not that much to really be worried about in the rest of the country yet. Uh-huh. But that could change. These things can fly 25 miles an hour up to 60 miles in a single day. Within a week, they could be all over the West Coast. Within a month, they could be all over the West and Midwest. Within Two months, they could be all over the country. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know, Noel. You <laughs> don't know. And, you know, how expensive would honey become in New York City? I mean, you already pay close to $30 for a little jar of honey from the honeybees that, that they have up on the roofs of the buildings in New York uh-huh. that have honey that tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> There was a story many years ago. Uh, there was a, a, a maraschino cherry factory that was uh, sort of just dumping all their maraschino cherry juice mm-hmm. out. And there was a guy who had an apiary up on the roof of his building in Brooklyn. And he was looking at his honey, and his honey was just red. Yeah. He didn't understand what was going on. He thought that the, that the bees were bleeding. And so he tracked them, and they were all just flying over to this fucking maraschino cherry factory and sucking up all the red maraschino cherry sugar water and bringing it back and making their honey with that. Yeah. So you got to be that, you know, so New York City honey can taste like cigarettes. Do you, you, you know, know the rest of that story, though, right? What? There was something Is, illegal about it. Didn't he get busted? He had... Uh, an illegal grow farm underneath his maraschino cherry factory. Oh, I did not know that was what it, what it and was. And so they raided him, and he locked himself in the bathroom and shot himself in the head. 
Are you serious? Yeah, so it's murder honey. Oh, my God. So he was growing uh, maraschino cherries in the basement of his maraschino cherry packaging plant. He was growing marijuana cherries underneath oh, his oh, maraschino oh, cherry oh. plant. I thought he was just illegally growing maraschino cherries. No, drugs. Anyway, so this is what's going to happen. Real simple. You are going to build in the great woods of the Pacific Northwest uh-huh. amongst the redwoods, a giant beehive Okay, people can live in and sleep in, hundreds of people at a time. You are going to throw giant, like, Burning Man-style parties where everyone dresses up as giant bees. Mm-hmm. And the hornets are going to come. huge and- in the Northwest. Huh? Yeah, That'll that go kind over. of shit's huge in the Northwest. Yeah, it's going to be this giant bacchanal, drinking, fucking, uh, drugging. You know everything that you want. Everyone's going to be supplied with those Elon Musk uh, 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 flamethrower guns. Okay. When these hornets come, and they see these giant, six foot tall five and a half foot tall honeybees yeah dancing around they're gonna be like oh my god we've hit the jackpot (laughs) they're gonna come in and you are just hundreds of people are just gonna be shooting fire into the air to kill these things it'll be like a great uh, war yeah going on right in the middle of the forest and but eventually what it's gonna do is gonna wipe out the hornets okay and this is what's and every year just to keep the population in check keep them only in Washington and away from the rest of the country. You're going to throw this festival that's going to become so popular and you will be making money two ways. One, from the government, the federal government and the government of Washington state paying you to keep the population under control. And then B, get that? I did one and B Mm -hmm. for those that aren't paying attention, which is most of you, I imagine. Probably. Um, You are going to make money selling tickets to this get together in the orgy hive anyway that's what i got that was that's my great second one. that is good yeah. a lot of monies a lot of monies so guys just so we are all on the same page here noel mentioned it last week but i'm going to mention it again this week noel is going to be off for two weeks at least yeah at least two weeks uh so there will be no new shows f- definitely for two weeks yeah, possibly more, depending on what uh, the experience of having a baby. <laughs> possibly, we'll see. Like, and, and not being able to leave, being trapped in yeah. here. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, it won't be too long. Um, on Radio Free Brooklyn, we'll get some good, uh, some classics uh, that we'll play. Uh, I'm not going to do that with the podcast, though. I'm not going to re-release old episodes. Nothing infuriates me more than when a podcast puts out a rerun because it's like I could have downloaded that and listened to it anyway. Why did you do that to me? Uh, So we're not doing podcasts like, you know, uh, WTF only you can only access 50 of them, I think. Okay, so his makes a little sense. So if you wanted to go back and uh, uh, see any of the first whatever 300 or whatever it is, you'd you'd have to uh, pay for it. Yeah. I, but, I hate yeah. it when they when they put reruns out. 
Um, yeah. So we won't be doing that. Nothing but new for you guys, right? Um, as, as I say, though, on, on air, we'll try to pick out some some gems from the past. Uh, and if you guys have any ideas of gems that you want to hear, you can reach out and you can tell us. You can get us on Twitter at GRQ Josh Noel. You can email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. You can get us on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. Uh, you can go on iTunes or anywhere you get a podcast nowadays and you can subscribe, rate, review. Please do take this uh, couple weeks off as an opportunity to leave a lengthy review. Uh, yeah, good or bad. Yeah, I mean, good. honestly, if you want to get mentioned on the show, leave a bad one. <laughs> Yeah, Josh will never let it go. You know what you might want to say? Like, hey, I'll let it go. I don't It'll really last pay for attention about four episodes, though. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might want to say, hey, I don't, I don't pay attention to the show, uh, but Josh just hits that brown note that uh, that does it for me every day and keeps me <laughs> regular. Uh, so, so reach out and tell them, guys. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your enemies if you don't like the show. Uh, and if you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you tune in Saturday nights, eight o'clock on Radio Free Brooklyn, five years old, uh, and get the schemes five days before anyone else. Get there a little early. It's not arts are seen. Stick around afterwards. Listen to the circuit, guys. There's a lot yeah. of good stuff going on on Radio Free Brooklyn. Happy get birthday, in. Radio Free Brooklyn, and a happy belated birthday to uh, Radio Free Brooklyn founder Tom Tenney. That's right. And Former guest of ours. If we're doing shout-outs, I'm going to say uh, happy graduation to my niece, Tara, uh, who graduated happy nursing graduation, school. graduation, Tara. Yeah. I know I'm your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. Um, so, yeah, you guys, so many ways to be in touch with us. And you got a couple weeks. Get those reviews in. Get us some ideas for shows give us some feedback if you're like great show i'd love it if uh josh sang a song near the end you, yeah you can it, would tell be, us that. it would be even better if noel just never came back and josh just did the whole time by himself you know that's an, a, an idea too you guys could do a uh a, a josh and deb show for a couple weeks oh no we can't oh really no that, that, that would work if we actually did anything like you know we've just literally been stuck in a house together for it'd be great you you should do a, a show where all you do is catalog the arguments you've had since being stuck in. We've actually been really good. Oh, I really? have to be honest with you. Can I? But can I tell you what? Uh, 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 generally, so she works a bit during the day. You know, she's got her things, and then she has a project she's working on. I tend to sit around and fuck around and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And then, like when we come together, uh, uh, these are our con our daily conversations. Okay, uh -huh. I go. How was your day today, hun? And she goes, fine. And I go, cool. And then I go, what do you want for dinner? If I haven't made anything already, what uh -huh. do you want for dinner? And then she goes, I don't know, whatever you want. And I go, I don't care, whatever you want. And she said, nope, I said it to you first. <laughs> and I go, but it's your turn because I decided yesterday. And then we go back and forth like that for about five minutes. Uh -huh. and then we decide on dinner. And then the remainder of the night, which is many, many hours, goes, <laughs> what do you want to watch now? Okay. And then silence. <laughs> and then half an hour to an hour later, 
depending on the show or, uh-huh. or two hours, depending if it's a movie. Uh, the next conversation is, what do you want to watch now? Okay. And then finally it goes, I think it's time to go to bed. Uh-huh. And then it's, good night, good night. There it is. The secret to mar- marital success, guys. After 26 years, yeah, that's yeah. the secret to marital success. You know, at this point, you guys got a lot of money in your pocket, and you're wondering what to do with it. Well, you're lucky that Josh also finds ways for you to get rid of that money. So, Mr. Josh, please take it away. Spend that money! <laughs> we all know that former heavyweight champ Mike Tyson had a blustery relationship with his ex, Robin Givens, which ended very badly. But prior to that, when Tyson was rolling in dough after knocking his foes into another world, things for a while might have been good for the couple. It's said in 1988 he spent around $2.3 million on a 24-carat gold bathtub and gave it to Givens as a Christmas gift. That's about $4.8 million in today's money. Tyson made many more extravagant purchases in those days, but it all came crumbling down. I took care of everybody else, he once said, but I never took care of myself. It's so true and so sad. Yeah. So take care of yourself, guys. Yeah. You know, our ideas are so good that we know that you can quit your job if you still have one. You can spend that stimulus check. You can take out loans from a bank. You can scam your friends and family for their loans. How do you know that it's worth doing all these things? It's because Josh scours the Internet of rules of getting rich quick, to which we judge our schemes by. Josh, where do our rules come from? Uh, Once again, it's 10 rules of becoming rich from everything finance. Rule number one is think partner, not competitor. Think partner, not competitor, right? It's not, oh, no, I've got an invasive species here. Oh, no, I've got an invasive species here. It's, oh, no, I could put these two invasive species together and let them destroy each other. Uh, rule number two, uh, not, yeah, rule number two, uh, dream bigger. Yeah, dream bigger, guys. Make a giant hive in the Northwest, give everyone flamethrowers, and let them uh, have uh, the Burning Man of the North. That's right. And finally, rule number three, stop complaining. Stop complaining, guys. I mean, I'm having a baby. What? Give me break with your freaking murder hornets. Anyway, that's three for three, Noel, so we're definitely getting rich. So once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. 